Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making Ways, the podcast all about your unexpected path to a creative career. I'm your host, Rob Goodman. I'm a marketer, an artist, and storyteller. And on today's show, we have Giselle Galzen. Giselle is the owner of Rare Device, which is an amazing store here in San Francisco, actually two stores and an online shop as well. Giselle has an amazing eye, and I've been a fan of Rare Device since I moved to San Francisco. It's just filled with amazing artwork and goods and wares from San Francisco artists, from local artists, and artists from all around the world who are making things that are really unique and serve a purpose and are just beautiful to have in your home. So I'm really excited to have Giselle on the show. I didn't know this before meeting her, but she has a really incredible story. She moved to the United States solo as a young person to attend college. She stayed here. She opened Rare Device when she was on maternity leave with her first child. It's really an incredible story. It's inspiring. She's really committed to using the store as a platform for community to showcase local artists. And she also loves educating artists around business and how to sell and how to run a business as an artist. I'm really excited for you all to hear the conversation with Giselle because she definitely had some twists and turns. She left behind a stable career for Rare Device, and I think you all are going to really enjoy the conversation. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Giselle Galzen. Giselle, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here and, and talk to you on the record. I'm such a fan of Rare Device, Thank your you. stores in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, I mean, before we started recording, you were like, <laughs> I, these coasters look familiar to me. And uh, yeah, I bought them at Rare Device. And yeah. That was an unplanned uh, product placement. Yeah. Yay. But, I, love, I love finding... Rare device things in people's houses. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the the art and the goods that you curate in the store are so lively and bright and unique and artful. I think you have such a, such a special eye for that kind of curation. Thanks. And I would love to hear about, you know, how you talk about the store and, and what it means to you because it's more than just kind of a retail store. Yeah. It really feels like part art gallery, part kind of community center. So what has Rare Device kind of become for you in, uh, you know, in, in this latest year? Yeah, Rare Device. Um, it really just started with me wanting to open a store. But in this last year, I have really just had time to think about what my values are, what I want to get out of this. I've been doing it for seven and a half years. It's the longest job I've ever had. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and to me, Rare Device is a place where people gather. Um, and be, it's either because they're inspired by what's in there um, or they want to find and discover artists that they've never heard of before. Um, or they just want a unique gift for friends. You know, people tell me all the time, like, this is such a cool gift store. This is my go-to gift store, like, for anything that I want to find something unique for my friends. Um, and it's also, I see, I want it to be, and I see it as a hub. So a place for all our customers to come in, a place for artists to be in, be inspired to make more art or to show their work. I really want a platform for them to be able to, like, 
show their work and bring it out to the public and get a bigger audience. Um, yeah, so I've been really, community is one of the biggest values that I have personally and the business has. And I really want it to be that welcoming, warm gathering place for everybody. Yeah. And the you're you're the owner and are you also the the main buyer i am yes okay so how does it happen that you you know discover all of these amazing works are you i imagine you can't be online and on pinterest kind of 24 7 (laughs) no Um, i have to run the business too (laughs) right exactly (laughs) so how much of it is people reaching out to you how much is it you discovering things? Do you have kind of your systems in place for discovery? And does that ever become too, uh, too kind of regular and you have to break out of that to find yeah. new? What's your, what's your process for this kind of curation? Yeah. So I think I get that, uh, that, uh, question asked a lot. Um, I think one thing to, to just say out right up front is that I've been doing this for seven and a half years. So it's almost like things come to me. Um, I'm already part of the art community in the Bay area. Um, I look in other cities around the country. Um, But because we've established ourselves in San Francisco, people come to us a lot. We get so many submissions from people. Our submission list is actually really, really long. We can't get through all of them because, you know, we have space limitations and budget limitations. Right. So there's that. There's also just like the artists that we already carry know some other people who make other cool things and they tell me about it. There's right. so much of that. Um, Instagram is another place where I just on a regular basis for my business, I go on Instagram to promote and show people like kind of behind the scenes for Rare Device and promote our products. But, you know, one, one as you know, Instagram, once you're in there, you're just like rabbit hole of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like so the, link to link and discovering all this these great kind of works. And, yeah. You might be like looking at the different artists and then they talk about somebody else and you're like, oh my God, that looks cool. And then you look more into them. Yeah. Um, that's another one. I also visit um, craft shows. Um, not too many, but like, you know, the ones I go to, West Coast Craft is one of them. Yeah. I really want to kind of explore in L.A. more. Um, I was in Portland this summer and saw a lot of different things there. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm always looking. I think that's just part of my thing. Like, I go into a store, whatever store it is, um, I'm always just looking and mm-hmm. see things and find things. Have you always been this way before, you know, owning Rare Device? Did you always have an eye for design and, and nice things or well well designed I artwork? think so. I don't think that I think it was cultivated. Um when me and my husband bought our first house, we had like a blank slate mm. and we were like, oh my God, let's decorate it. And so he also is very interested in that stuff. So we just walked around a lot in the city and looked at all these stores. Yeah. And like picked out the ones that we want, whether it's furniture or decor or like plates or whatever that is. Um, and yeah, I've always just like picked what speaks to me. Um, maybe that was a lot of practice. And then around that same time, I was also already thinking like, oh, I think I want to open a store. I think I can do this. Um, so I've always done that. I had a blog back in the day where I would like pick things and yeah. talk about them and interview artists. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
as you're describing it, there is a lot of kind of romance to this, yeah. you know, idea of community and art and yeah. creative things and curation. But retail is a hustle. <laughs> that is, it's really hard. I mean, I feel like wherever we look, people are talking about how challenging it is to be in retail and, and the work that goes into it. So how do you kind of balance the romance and, and artistry that you're trying to kind of build into the store through community and through being this hub with the day-to-day grind of making sure your employees are taken care of and that you know, the business is improving and how do you balance that kind of art side and business side as the owner and the buyer? I think my background, I have a degree in business, um, Mm. marketing actually. Um, so, and I've always kind of been a business person when I was a kid, I would sell like friendship bracelets or whatever, (laughs) you know, I did that stuff. Nice. Um, and even being in business school, it was natural to me. Um, I feel like my art, uh, tendencies were as a kid, my parents were just like study, study. That's what's important. Mm -hmm. And the art wasn't, I don't know, nourished as much. Yeah. Um, to answer your question though, to keep it balanced. uh, So for me, it's really important that the business is not just there existing to sell things. So I always keep that top of mind and I always live that day by day, um, yeah, and, and I enjoy – I used to be a project manager before Rare Device, and I enjoy order to chaos. Mm-hmm. I enjoy putting order to chaos. I I like picking up pe- little pieces of something and then putting them all together. So I think that skill as a business owner is actually really helpful, and especially as a retail business owner. Um I'm always just like putting things together and organizing them yeah. <laughs> in my head, like even if it, that's not – um, physically, like right. figuratively, I always do that. Right, that's, that's interesting. You do that. Brain work. You do that visually. You put things together, but you yes. also are putting like the plans together in the business and yeah. all of that. Yeah, uh, information. Yeah, and also I actually don't want to subscribe to the thought that retail is not doing well because I, if I succumb to that, if I keep thinking that, then it's not gonna go well. Um, I worked so hard in the last three years. I work with a business coach who is amazing. Yeah. And she's really changed my life, actually, but also just, like, changed the way I think about things um, with her help. Um, what What is – what is? tell me more about that business coach because, yeah. you know, obviously you said it, it yeah. changed your life. Yeah. What, what does that entail and what's that relationship like and what did you – what did you learn or what are you learning through that? It sounds great. Yes, it is amazing. <laughs> it okay. feels like we're all going through this life kind of just solo <laughs> ships and uh, a little uh, professional mentorship um, yeah. and guidance would be great. Yes. Um, okay. So first of all, her name is Nina Kaufman and her company's called You Design You. I'm going to plug her a little bit. Um, <laughs> so how has she changed my life? So I went to Nina about three and a half years ago um, after we opened our second store in Noe Valley. Um, I just also had a second baby at that time. So at at that point in my business, I'm like, okay, things are going well. Um, we just opened a second store. It feels good. 
everything's going well, but like I don't really know what what am I doing from here? Like what what are we doing? What mm-hmm. is the future? I don't I'm not sure. You just felt like you were kind of keeping mm-hmm. up with the treadmill, but yeah. but what was the long term? Yeah, vision? like happily doing it, but also just like what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Like what's next? Right. What what does growth mean? What what is that? Yeah. Um. So that's the question I came to when I met her. She was actually another friend of mine who's a photographer. She kept talking about her business coach. I'm like, finally, like, tell me about this business coach. <laughs> and so um, I met Nina. We started working together. And I was super resistant in the beginning because I'm like, I'm coming to you because of my business. But more and more, our work became about, like, what do I want? Mm. What are the things that I could be doing better? What can I improve in myself? Because essentially, as, as a small business owner, your business is you. Like mm. whatever your business does reflects what you are because you're running that every day. It, you created it. Yeah. It's yours. Yeah. So we've done a lot of work together about being intentional with your thoughts because your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your actions, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds simple, but it's not. <laughs> right. And I still work on that every time. Yeah. Um, Reprogramming yeah. our thoughts is... Uh, it's really hard. Yeah, it <laughs> and our is. reactions. Yeah, or even just like noticing what you're thinking is hard. Sure. Um, and like pausing and be like, oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's why I was feeling this way. Right. Do you do yoga or, or meditation or, or things like that as well? Or I don't. Yeah. Because I don't have time. But if I had more time <laughs> in my life, I would. Yeah. But this is like a practice. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of meditation. Yeah, and so it boils down to to that that she was able to help you kind of change your your outlook and your intentions around things and ultimately that benefited yeah you personally and the business yeah and it's uh yes and it's also not in the past tense it's it it's ongoing right um yeah and and then also she helped me with practical things also with um hiring being a being an employer is the one of the hardest things i had to learn and i'm still learning um but we worked through that. I have an awesome staff. That's wow. how I think that's to answer the other question too. That's how I balance everything. Cause I'm not doing all of it. I right. have an awesome staff of nine that I rely on daily. Wow. And you, you touched on this, that your second store in Noe Valley came with your second daughter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and let's rewind a little bit because I know that you took on rare device. It was during your maternity leave for your, Yes. First child? Yes. <laughs> a little <laughs> and, crazy. Yeah. And to me, that just sounds amazing. You have this whole life change yeah. and a very busy time and emotional and physical and all of these things. Talk me through what happened yeah. in that moment. You're working as a project manager, mm-hmm. an interactive producer. Mm-hmm. You go on maternity leave. Yeah. You had been, you said, kind of with your husband and decorating, kind of had this little interest around a store potentially then you have a baby, your life changes. And where are you kind of mentally and, and what's going on where you're like, now is the right opportunity and time for me to pursue this? Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about our sponsor, Soothe. Soothe is an amazing on-demand massage service. So if you're at home, on the go, at a hotel, or even at work, you can use their app to call for a masseuse and they'll come within 24 hours or you can schedule it in advance 
If you use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, you'll get $20 off your first booking with Soothe. I have used Soothe. And massage and self-care is so important to the creative process. As creative people, we have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, we'll burn out. We won't have the energy to approach and tackle these creative challenges and jobs and projects and programs that we're working on day in and day out. So Soothe really makes massage and self-care more accessible. That's why I'm so excited about them. My experience getting a massage with Soothe was awesome. It was amazing. It was kind of everything you'd expect from going to a masseuse at their own place or spa, but in your home. They bring everything you need to have a wonderful experience and feel amazing. So check out Soothe. Go to Soothe.com, download the app, use the offer code MAKINGWAYS at checkout, and you'll get $20 off your first booking. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah. So during my maternity leave, I was working for a design company in Berkeley. I was living here in San Francisco. So I was doing that commute. Mm -hmm. And then I went on my maternity leave. And at at this point in my life, I've told everybody that I know, I want to open a store, I want to open a store, I want to open a store. Like kind of putting it out there. Yeah. Um, Because I I believe in that and like vocalizing things to kind of make them real Mm -hmm. and something will happen. Um, So... Um, during my maternity leave, my friend Lisa Congdon, who used to own Red Advice, yeah, came over to visit to meet the baby. Um, and so in that visit, that conversation, she was just like, "Oh, Rena, Rena Tom, who her partner, business partner at that time, yeah, Rena and I are thinking of closing or selling Red Advice." Um, so yeah, Lisa's career was taking off. I think Rena was ready to. She's she's been doing it for a bunch of years and mm-hmm. was ready to move on. It's yeah. Like so she just brought that out there. Um, we didn't talk about any of that stuff and, you know, whatever. And then I had just thought about it and thought about it. And, oh, my first reaction when Lisa told me that was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. San Francisco needs Rare Device. Rare yeah. Device was my favorite store yeah. at that time. Um, they were on Market Street and I would go out of my way to visit mm. and to see and bring people there and bring friends from out of town and sure. introduce them to the store yeah. all the time. Um, so I think about, I thought about it, I thought about it. And then I, you know, I thought, told my husband about this. Um, I had always planned to come back to my job because we needed, we needed to work um, to support the family. Yeah. So um, around the same time, still during my maternity leave, I visited another acquaintance who owned another store in the city and she has a kid so we just talked about like how do you make this work with a child Mm. so she talked to me about that and those two conversations with lisa and that other friend and then talking about with my husband more i was just like you know what maybe this is it (laughs) and also i feel like if we don't take this i'm gonna wake up in 10 years and regret it and really just be like why did I let that go? Why didn't I try at least? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I call Lisa and I'm like, hey, remember that thing you said about rare device? Um, we're kind of interested. And she's like, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> so we met, I don't know, like a week later with the baby at Four Barrel in Valencia. Awesome. <laughs> and we had a conversation and yeah, the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> and what, what did that 
moment and, and the years that have passed since taught you about risk and risk taking? I mean, obviously you're uh, a thoughtful, business-minded person, so I'm sure you made you know calculated risks, but it yeah. was still a pretty big leap. Yeah. What advice do you give people around kind of the power of risk and when to leap and when to yeah back away? <laughs> yeah. So for this particular decision, I it was a lot of just again like the feeling of like if I don't even try, if I don't try this right now. I will regret it. Yeah. And I will kick myself. You saw you saw basically how easy it would be to maybe go back to the job you were in and just kind of let this slide and, and yeah, years slide Yeah, I had with a it. job. I was getting paid well. Yeah. Um, my career, I've been doing that for a year, so I, my career tra- trajectory was going up. Yeah. Like, I could have done that. But I was always missing the creative side in my jobs. Um, I really wanted something more creative to do. Um, yeah, so we, there was a big feeling of that, of just like, if I don't do this now, I'm going to regret it. And then at the same time, I mean, we are practical people. We looked at our savings and was like, okay, I I have been a saver since my mom and my dad instilled that in me since I was a kid. Mm. So I always have saved money from yeah. when I had my first job at 17. Like wow. I've been saving. Because, um, you know, I wasn't also, I didn't grow up. With money, um, we were just middle class, like lower middle class people. Yeah, and I also immigrated. Um, right, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we looked at it. My husband also had a good job at that time, and we had both been saving. So we're like, okay, this is what we have. Let's see if it's enough. And if it's not enough, we'll see what the other risks are. And if it doesn't make sense monetarily, we're not gonna do it. Yeah. Um, we just had a baby. You know, like yeah. we're not that crazy <laughs> right but it worked out and i it was a calculated risk like we, we didn't just jump in and be like fuck it i don't know what to do about money we're just gonna sell the house and like <laughs> go into debt right we'll do anything I, for this yeah yeah it was important to me to not go into that because i know that once you're in debt it's hard to get out of it and what if the business doesn't do well like, right then i just i I've always had a uh, like a nest egg. Like I yeah. said, I've been saving, so that it wasn't comfortable for me to not have anything. Yeah. So, do you would you advise people the same kind of make sure you have a really strong plan, a safety yeah. net if that's what you need, and yeah, a strong plan. I mean, I'm not saying that loans are bad. Mm-hmm. It was just not for me. Yeah. Um, make sure you take classes. There's a lot of um, nonprofit um, resources in San Francisco, at least yeah. know what you're getting yourself into. Right. And my, my husband was keeping his job. So that mm-hmm. was also our, um, our, uh, stability. Yeah. stability. Yeah. Is he did, he... he did get laid off though. Oh, a few wow. months later. Really? <laughs> yes. And did that throw oh, everything into it was, turmoil? Yes. Everything I... was on, on you and making this store work. Yeah. So, okay. This is all what happened yeah. around that time. Um, had a baby, Bought Rare Device. My dad passed away um, a few months after. He had cancer and we kind of knew what was happening. And he was in the Philippines and I was here. So it was hard. And then we got through that. And then a few months later, my husband lost his job. It was a hard time. Oh, my god! I think it was one of the times in my life where I'm just like, what are we doing? Are we going to be okay? Like, what is happening? What? We had put all of our savings into the business, and then he lost his job. It was hard. 
What kind of got you through that time? Um, when he he was laid off, he got pretty good severance because he was working there for a long time. So that was he in design or creative? No, he's in insurance. He's in insurance. corporate insurance. Okay, okay. Um, but he's also made a career in that, so he's had longevity. Yeah. Um, so that was okay. And around the same time, we were already knowing we were moving the store from Market Street to the Visadero. Yep. So actually. I look at it now, seven years later, it's a blessing in disguise because he was able to help me with the, the business and mm. like help me move the store. Like with a baby and just such a new business owner, I, it would have been hard yeah. just by myself. Yeah. Um, but monetarily, I think we just like buckled down and just like can't spend money. We're just going to be really watchful. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and sell more things. Right, right, right. <laughs> and we have to move. Um, when Lisa and Rina sold me the business, one of the things they said is like, if we kept this, we would move. Yeah. Um, so I knew that. They were very upfront. And that wasn't a surprise. Yeah. So it turned out to be a blessing that he was there to to help you and establish the store yes. uh, presence in, in yeah. the Visadero. Right. And, and get things moving. Yeah, he did all the manual work. Wow. <laughs> Lifting and... Drilling and building and everything. And how long was kind of all the the, the pressure on the the stores to, to succeed for for your family? Um, that was hard. We we probably had like a tiny bit, very little bit of savings plus his severance, and yeah. that's what we were dipping into. Right. I mean, in the beginning, our first year, the store wasn't making money because yeah. you know we took it over. It's kind of like a brand new business. Almost. Sure. Um, the thing, the nice thing about buying an established business is you, ha- you, I still had the customers right. that they had, right. And and the way we transitioned that, we they were really careful. I loved, I loved that I bought it from Rina and Lisa because they were very thoughtful and caring for me. Yeah. Um. So there was that. Yeah. 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 And so let's talk a little bit about your background because yeah. you were born and raised in the Philippines. Right. And you moved here was around sixteen or seventeen. Uh, sixteen, yes. Sixteen, yeah. On your own, yes. To attend sort of <laughs> college in San Francisco, yes. But what do you mean, sort of? Uh, oh, because I lived with my aunt. Okay. Yeah. And your aunt uh, had been here for a while. Yes, or? they had been here. For okay. Twenty years, probably. So what What was your your time like as like a a child and young person in the in the Philippines? Yeah. So my in the Philippines. Um, Mom and dad, and then I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest. My dad worked most of my childhood outside the country. He was in the Middle East. Mm. Um, just because that's how you make money. It's hard to find a job in the Philippines. Um, yeah. So that's what my family had to do. He moved back, I think, when I was in high school. Um, so when he moved back, he started working for AIG. Um, ins- insurance also, it's funny, huh. but different kind of insurance yeah. <laughs> than my husband. Yeah. Um, so AIG was providing scholarships for um, their employees' children mm. to study in America. Okay. So my dad heard about this and on my, like my junior year in high school, he was like, are you interested? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> you you felt that way because even though that that was your world, you you knew that it was a, a challenging place to to live. Yeah, I think that also family life at home was a little hard. Um, we just had like some personal stuff going on, so I wanted to be free and out. Um, I mean, I love my family, but I think I I guess at a young age I knew I wanted something different for myself. Yeah. 
Um, so the scholarship was here and my mom and I were like, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and you can only come to San Francisco because my mom's sister lives here and my mom's dad, my grandpa also lived here. Okay. So um, she said, yeah, the States are fine, but you can only go where we have family. Yeah, so then I know that, that you're like. Yeah. Like you're 16. You're not going to go to a different country by yourself. Right. Right. Um, so I applied. It took like a year. I took SATs. I took all these tests to apply for the scholarship. I got it. Wow. Um, and <laughs> I got it. We got the visa. We were nervous because maybe I wouldn't, I got the scholarship, but the visa wasn't for sure. We applied, blah, 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 did all that stuff. And then maybe like two weeks before I was leaving, my mom sat me down and she's like, I don't think you should go. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, no, we've been working all year on this. I'm going. Like, yeah. I think she got nervous because I'm so young. She's sure. sending me off, even though yeah. I'm living with my aunt, like, that my, I, I have daughters, so now I'm like, I understand. But at that point, I'm like, you can't stop me now. This is too late. Right, right. You had mentally kind of gotten in that zone. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm here. I'm ready. Right. Um, I also, I applied to colleges in the Philippines as well and didn't get into the two schools I wanted to be in. Mm. So I was kind of, I started school because school there starts in March. Um, I started school just so I won't be behind. Yeah. Um, but I hated it. I hated where I was. Um, some of my friends were there and that was fine, but like everything else about this, I was just like, no. Yeah. And I think maybe my mind was made up to come here. Right. Um, so, so she I sat went. you down and said no. And, and you said, I'm going. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't, I'm going. Yeah. Like everything was ready. Yeah. The plane ticket even, I feel. Wow. Um, so I went, she dropped me off. <laughs> I have a quote, air quotes. Yeah. Um, I always use that, drop me off. She came with me and stayed with me for a month and we were in my aunt's house. <laughs> okay. Um, who had three kids of her own. Oh, wow. Um, so it wasn't easy. Right. Like I just inserted myself in their family. Yeah. Um, but my aunt wanted to do it for me. Um, I'm ever thankful to her for that. What were those first like year or two? And did you speak English? I did, yeah, in the Philippines, okay. they teach you English. Okay, um, but that's a big um, yeah. kind of culture shock. Yes, and change. Yes. <laughs> what What did it What did it feel like for you? What did you go through during those years? Um, it was very exciting. I think as a young person, and also I I really wanted to come here. Yeah. Um. So that was my mindset. The school I went to is Golden Gate University in downtown San Francisco. So it's a business school. Mm-hmm. Half of the people who go there are like. Older people who already have jobs who kind of want to get another degree. Yeah. And then the other half, which I don't know that people know this too much, are international students who are my age. Mm. So I have friends from like, I still have a good friend from Brazil. I have a friend from Spain, from (laughs) everywhere. Wow. And we bonded because we're all here by ourselves. Right. So I, I made a lot of good friends. I studied School was easy for me. I think school in the Philippines is harder. It's more challenging, honestly. I mean, I only have Golden Gate University to compare to. Yeah. It was easy, so I was fine. I got involved. I started working. You could work. in my With my student visa, you could work part-time only in school. Okay. So I started working and got to know people, and it became my community. Yeah. And so through Rare Device, how are you trying to attract that kind of community? And what, you know, you kind of talked about it on like a daily basis. Yeah. It's a great it's a great word and term like what does it mean yeah. to kind of be supportive of yeah. of a of a creative community. Yeah, so I'm really proud that we um buy things from artists and sell them and in turn that 
helps them make their living. Right. That's one important thing. Like, yeah. Uh, and then also we employ artists. Not that that's a requirement to work here, but a lot yeah. of my employees are creatively bent. Yeah. Um. So those are the things um, that we do for them. Yeah. I eventually really want to spread the word more and go deeper into artists' lives and go deeper into helping them. Yeah. Like, in addition to just selling their stuff, like giving more longevity, long-term goals. Yeah. Um, I really Like programs be- for artists, maybe. Yeah. 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 I don't know exactly what those are, but that's yeah. always been something I want to do. Yeah. I Also, I am a little bothered that in art school... I, did, I didn't go to art school, but from what I hear, they don't teach them business skills. No. And it's like, you need, if you're going to be an yeah. artist supporting yourself, you need business skills. Yeah, I studied illustration in college. We had a business of, of illustration class, but it was really not helpful. Yeah. And then when we all got out and were basically business owners trying yeah. to be freelance yeah. artists and like, what, knew how to draw pictures, but <laughs> didn't know how to, how to sell uh, them. Yeah. That's how you make money. Exactly. So I want to teach that because oh, i great. have that yeah um i want to teach a class on like how to wholesale your stuff great i want to teach people how to like run a business what do you think about the that kind of mindset of of moving here from another country i mean you talked about saving and yeah. kind of always you know working and and all of that but i'm so i you know i really admire uh, immigration stories and yeah. you know my family moved here a couple of generations ago, but I know those stories and how hard people work, especially in a first generation, to establish themselves and yeah. try to create a good life for the families they're going to have. Yeah. Do you carry that kind of story and history with you in in what you do, and yeah. and and how does that kind of affect you know how you're you know raising your daughters and just thinking about. Um, you know, your, your work. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've always, I always value working hard. Um, I came here with nothing in my pocket. Right. My mom wasn't able to send me with money. Wow. I live with my aunt who like fed me and housed me. So everything from then I like worked hard to get. Um, yeah, it's so hard because we live a comfortable life right now and my daughters are growing up as Americans. They're here. And I always resist the when I was your age, blah 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 blah, because they have no perspective. Like right. how are they even gonna know? Like you're just making them feel bad. Maybe I just I think for them I'm just setting an example of like mom works hard, dad works hard, we own this business. Um I'm always working so that I can provide. Yeah. Know? Like we talk about money and just say like, yeah, there's this money, but like to get money to buy food or whatever it is, we have to work. So that's why we're not together during the day because we're working so we can afford this. Right. Um, yeah. And always just remembering my roots and now how, where I came from and also trying to teach that to my daughter somehow, even though they're growing up in a totally different environment and culture and everything. Yeah, by sharing those stories, yeah. you know, it'll, yeah. it'll it'll resonate. Yeah, and leading by example slowly. My husband is also an immigrant, so we both have that. Yeah. yeah. And where where did he come from? He came from Nepal. Okay. Yeah. And and when did you guys meet? Um, we met in two thousand and one here in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
Giselle, thank you so much for joining the show. It's so great to learn more about your history and I'm such a fan of your store and everything you. that you're doing at Rare Device. So it's it's really fun to uh I don't know to talk to talk to you. Thank you so much for letting me share. This was fun. That was my conversation with Giselle Galzen. Giselle, thank you so much for joining the show. I love learning about your story and all about Rare Device. Everyone out there listening, if you're in the Bay Area, definitely check out Rare Device. Go to raredevice.net. If you're anywhere outside the Bay Area and you want to check out this amazing store and curated goods that Giselle offers online for anyone. And Rare Device is definitely one of my favorite stores to go shopping at and for gift giving. So around the holidays, definitely check out Rare Device. It's just got an incredible selection and all year round, amazing cards and prints and clothing and books and so much more. Definitely check out Rare Device. Making Ways is produced by me, your host, Rob Goodman. It's sound engineered by Jim Metzendorf. Our intro music is by The Sandworms, and we've got some music by Jim Heffernan in the mix, too. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for being part of this community. Please share this episode with a friend, and be sure to check out makingwayspodcast.com for our newsletter, to link to our social media, and definitely say hi to us on Instagram. We always love hearing from fans. I hope you all have a great week and a great day, and I'll see you soon.